Happy Monday! Welcome to the Mind Your Business Podcast. I am your host, Tanya T. Morris. I am the CEO, Chief Excitement Officer, and founder of Mob Your Business, where our mission is simply to support mompreneurs by connecting them to resources and opportunities that lead to success in business and in life. You can check us out at mobyourbusiness.com. There you will learn all about me and the work that I do as a speaker, author, mentor, coach. Um, you can also purchase my books. You can also check us out at momyourbusiness.org where you learn more about our mission and the work that we're doing in the community uh, with mompreneurs and community engagement and special events. So I want to thank you for tuning in. There are literally millions of podcasts that you could be listening to, but you chose Mom Your Business, the podcast, and I truly appreciate you. Stay tuned for a great show. We're so excited that you're here. Once again, you're listening to Mom Your Business, the podcast. Once again, thank you for listening to Mom Your Business, the podcast. If you're looking for motivation and resources, then subscribe to the Mom Your Business podcast on Apple Music, Stitcher, Google Play, and Anchor. Today our theme is motivation, and our guest today is a mom, a communication strategist, an author, a publicist, an advocate. She's worked with uh, actress and advocate uh, Shirley Ralph, actress Vivica Fox, and Matthew Knowles. So I want to welcome to the show Afia Tucker. Afia, welcome to Mom Your Business, and thanks for coming on the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Tanya. Thank you so much. Um, thanks for the introduction. I do want to say one thing. It was through um, Ms. Shirley Ralph that I even had the opportunity to work on a project featuring Matthew Knowles. So, um, you know, thank you for, for that. Yes, yes. I'm so excited. When I saw, when uh, we saw each other a couple of weeks ago at an event, I was so excited when I heard the name of your book. I was like, oh, I have got to get her on the podcast because that is just so amazing. So I want you to start um, off by just telling us about yourself, what you're doing now, and um, how you've been able to balance business and motherhood before we start talking about the book. Okay. Um, So, of course, my background is in communications. I have kind of just jumped into it a few years out of school. and. I started off with like public relations management for nonprofit organizations to so wind up working with an array of different type of clients. I did work with a client who was um, a candidate for an elected official in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I also worked with entertainers, like you mentioned. I worked with Shirley Ralph and through Ms. Ralph. I worked on projects featuring, um, you know, legendary folks like Jennifer Lewis and have an opportunity to work with Matthew Knowles and then wound up working with another group and, um, actually having a podcast like you had, but um, it was business orientated and we, that's where we were able to interview folks like Vivica Fox and so on. So um, through the last eight years, I always slightly transitioned, but this last year, I was moving away from project management and client representation to consultation. But I didn't want to fully exit without leaving something 
for the folks who I learned so much from and where I got a lot of my experience from, which is small business owners and also nonprofit organizations. And that is what motivated me to write the book Life's a Pitch on it. And I just thought about everything in life when you think about your own personal journeys and you think about, you know, work and achieving things that everything really requires a pitch but since my whole thing has been strategic communications you know pitching was really big but I wanted to leave something with folks to say hey you can try to do this yourself and if you understand what the pitch is you can get so many things done so many things in your personal life in your business life and you know I I, you mentioned um, balance of things and I don't even know if I believe in fully like work life balance right because some days you're going to give 90 percent to maybe your clients or to your family in some case, you know, 10 or vice versa or 60, 40. But for me, it became learning how to have a manageable life and how to prioritize and make sure that I give the appropriate amount of attention that was needed to things that were always at the top of my priority. And then, you know, also came to a point in my life where I felt like I had to simplify my life and I, I simplified my life. It was my health, my, my family, um, my safe <laughs> and um, our, our wellness. And that's all I focused on for a few months. And then yeah. everything else kind of like fell into place. Yeah, so where I, I yeah, I'm sorry. Cause y'all, you know, Tanya, I'll talk, talk, talk. <laughs> No, it's good. I mean, it's good stuff. It's so much good stuff that you're saying here, especially relative to, you know, balance. It not necessarily being. It's a balancing act. We understand that with life and work, it's a balancing act. So it's really about being able to manage and prioritize that thing. I think that was really critical. Um, that point that you made. It definitely is a balancing. Act. It definitely is a balancing act. But you know, um. You do what you got to do, right? I always been a yep. back against the wall girl. Like, I'm going to come out fighting and screaming. I'm going to do what I got to do. So um, I, I I, just always, I never believed that I couldn't do anything that I set my mind to. Mm-hmm. And I just encourage people to, to, you know, to have that level of confidence to even if everybody else thinks that you can't do it, if there's something mm-hmm. that you really want to do it, you know, figure out how do you go about doing it and how do you sustain even when there's critics? Everybody yeah. has critics, you know, Everybody but you sure. do what you got to do. So yeah. where I'm at now, I consult. I started a nonprofit organization. You mentioned that I'm an advocate and I advocacy is just, it, it's became a part of my life because it's, it's just was real in my life. I have a 16 year old son who's autistic. So I've, been his advocate since he's been diagnosed at the age of three and I started advocating for others and um, also trying to connect with families not trying to I want to say I went from trying to to actually connect with families in our area just to be um, to to lend an ear to organize events to bring people together I'm big on information and information sharing and that's something that um, is very special to me and something that I've been doing for the last few years, but since it's, it's, it's such a huge part of my life that I, I, I mean, it came from my son every day, whether I'm at the school having a meeting or I'm out educating somebody about autism or I'm just meeting his needs, it's just a part of who I became because of the reality of my life. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when my boys were younger, they they just turned 29. I remember when they were younger and I was running, just running back and forth. Even, you know, ministry can become such a priority at times. And I was doing a lot of ministry when they were younger and working full time out out in uh, out in the counties. And back in that time, I was just driving, driving, driving. And I made a conscious decision to accept the position um, in Philly so that I could be closer to home when they started high school because yeah. I thought that that was really important um, to not be all over the place and be there for them um, for high school. And Isaiah, you know, in his early years, he really had a lot of behavioral problems and I didn't allow him to get, you know, defined or classified as that. And so by the time he got to high school, he had really matured um, and was really able to make that, that transition seamlessly and really go on to be an excellent student. And it's just ironic that he's a teacher now. <laughs> so, you know, it's, something. It's, 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 yeah, it's just so ironic that he's a teacher now. You know, that prioritizing and understanding when um, when you need to make that shift is so key. So I really, I really thank you for for sharing for sharing that. But let's talk about this book. I know you talked earlier about how the motivation came about from the book and being in communication and being in business. We hear that all the time. You got to have an elevator pitch. Got to have an elevator pitch. And so my first question is: is how would you? How do you define the elevator pitch? Um, well. <clears throat> The shortest version of who you are, what you do, why is it important, and what you need, the how. You know, however you want to frame that, but clear, concise, you have to have a level of confidence, and you have to be direct and upfront to people. Like, don't think you got to use these elaborate words or sugarcoat things. People want to know right off the back what it is. And if you strike them and they're interested, then you'll see through the body language that people open up. But it's basically should be like 15 to 30 seconds, in my opinion. Um, you you want to think of it as okay, it's called the elevator pitch because how long would it take to get to the next floor? How long would a destination in the elevator ride usually take? A few seconds. So you only have a few seconds to give your best version of who you are, what you do, and what do you need or what are you looking for. And try to make it compelling or, you know, you be creative you know creative is always good but if you're not feeling a creative bone then just make sure that you're clear you're concise but number one you're confident confident because people can read when you're confident and when you're not people can read they can read when you're confident it's so funny because you know you you hear people sometimes with an elevator pitch and it's two and three minutes and you know i've worked with so many people and listen you got to cut that down and and it's too long You, you have to cut it down and you have to practice it and you have to know it and you have to be confident and it you can't it just can't be such an opportunity for you to tell the whole story. Um mm-hmm. I like to say, you know, self assist and not the stake. You know? Um mm-hmm. you know, that's a good one. Engaged, it really is. You know, self assist not the stake. Get people engaged, um, and then begin to ask them how can you serve them. Um so let's talk about this book. How long has the book been out? I think I'm hitting uh no, I hit my one year anniversary, so it's been a year and five months. It came out in December of two thousand 
2016, and excuse me for my pauses because my life, I'd be like moving all over. I'm like, what, what year are we in? Okay, it's 18. <laughs> no, not 18. So yeah, December 2016, because it was like my New Year's gift to myself. Awesome. Um, I'm always, I always goal set, and I'm like, I want to have this published before the New Year come out. So yeah, so it's been a, a little over a year time here. Yes, awesome, awesome. I know. You know, obviously, you know, I know the challenges of, of being a self-published author. And, yeah. <laughs> and what goes into that. And so um, it's, it's a lot of work. So I certainly commend you for that. But I really want to talk about and – and so I noticed that. And so this is volume one. You have plans to I have plans. Okay, okay. I definitely have plans to expand. I have plans to expand because it's so many different levels to public relations. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many different levels to pitching when you talk about strategy so we talk about pitching just what the idea of pitching is and I want to thank you for saying you know sell the sizzle and not the steak right because a lot of people want you to know everything right now but a lot of people not the, the receiving end don't want to know everything right now and they would like the courtesy to think about if they want to know more you know right so um people have all these different what I've learned over the years and this, this is just all of my experience um is that people have all these different ideas of what public relations is. Um, they, they they don't necessarily know what the difference is from publicity and public relations. Um, mm-hmm. I look at public relations as the umbrella, and so many things can fall under it. You have your marketing. You have publicity. You have media relations. Media relations mm-hmm. could be a whole workbook on its own, and that's what I would I look forward to do in the future. So what I look forward to do is breaking down these chapters. Now we understand the pitch and how to own it. Let's talk about how to use the pitch to really be savvy. Let's talk about how to, um, let's talk about what I mean when I say strategic communications because um, that's storytelling, you know, that's, that's understanding the timing of news, that's understanding community engagement, which is a leg of PR. PR isn't just, oh, I'm going to hire uh, a consultant or I'm going to get a publicist and I'm going to be on TV all the time. Like, that's not really how that works, you know. You can have a media relations goal, but what I wanted to do was really break things down because in my years I just seen where sometimes clients and in myself, you know, as an entrepreneur, where the confusion came in with people understanding, okay, well, what, what is this thing called public relations? What is that really? You know, they see mm-hmm. the bits and pieces of results but don't understand what it is really. And I just, I, I made the workbooks um, quick read. Where you okay. can write in them, you can carry, you can throw them in your pocketbook. And I felt like different subjects deserve a little bit more time than to be crammed into a short version of one volume. So that's why it's volume one and there are more to come. You know, let's talk about these seven basic lessons and how, how to best use them um, to build your, to, to, to really sell your best self. I like, I really love that. How to sell, how to sell your version of your best self. Okay. Um, so, Yes, there's, there's seven lessons, and I'll, I'll go over each of them. Um, these seven lessons are all tied into the pitch. So lesson one is about the power of the pitch, right? Mm-hmm. Really understanding. If you don't un- if you don't understand the tool that you're using, whether it be a hammer or a screwdriver, then you're not going to understand the impact and probably when you should use it. So we talk about the power of the pitch. Because everybody's talking about a pitch, but what does a pitch do for you? How, what can it do for you? And I, I dive into what makes a pitch powerful and really wanting people to get comfortable with 
using this term that may be new, but the method isn't because what I state is that we've been pitching all our lives. If you apply for a job, you pitch. You pitch yourself. If you got the job, you sold your best self. If you apply to school, if, you know, I use the example of going to the salon, I'm good for always trying to get a last-minute appointment somewhere. And, I mean, you're selling. You're, you're asking. You're telling the people why you need it and, you know, how can you make it work. But you mentioned something, too. It's a two-street two process, too. So you also have to provide what you can do for that person and how you can serve. And we talk about those things. Um, lesson two is the important importance of pitching with patience. Three is how to frame your pitch. Lesson four is about who to pitch to. Lesson five is about what to pitch. Lesson six covers the methods for pitching smarter and not harder. And seven is probably one of the most important, but it ties everything together is the etiquette of pitching. So every lesson is is about the pitch, but it's breaking it down to, to different points and reasons. Because you can have a good pitch, but if you're pitching to the wrong person, then it don't matter because you're not delivering it in an effective way where you're going to be able to sell your best self because maybe you're you're pitching to um, maybe you're pitching to an editor and you should be pitching to the beat reporter. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're pitching to talent. You should be pitching to the producer. Yep. Maybe you're not pitching to the right stakeholder. You know, you want to partner with a community organization, but maybe you're pitching to an organization that doesn't align with your brand. Um, what to pitch? A press release is not the, the most effective way, to be honest with you. Press releases are traditional. You need them. You use them. But sometimes you have to pick up the phone and give somebody that 30-second that elevator pitch before they say, hey, I like this. Can you send me a press release over? Or do you know what a pitch letter is? Even writing a letter asking if it's oh, is it okay if I send you additional information? My name is, you know, I feel Tucker. I'm working with Tanya Morris and she has this amazing podcast. You know, I think that you'd be interested. Can, can I, can I send you some more? And that ties to the etiquette too. Because believe it or not, and I don't think it's hard to believe, you know, then say we're all, we're all people. We all have feelings and we don't all leave our feelings at the door. And people appreciate when you say, hey, hello, how are you today? Hi, do you have time? <laughs> you know, um, do you have a minute? That makes a difference than just, you know, reaching out to somebody and you're just cold pitching to them, especially if you don't have a relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. So all the lessons really, they build on top of each other because after we discuss the power of the pitch and we talk about, hey, hey, you've already been doing this. Now let's talk about how to be more savvy about pitching. And then we talk about the importance of patience because it does not happen overnight. And sometimes the best results are the ones that happen over time, especially if we're talking about maybe uh, public relations for a small business. But if we're not even, if we're talking about, you know, pitching in terms of just selling your best self and, you know, you're looking for an opportunity, you got to have patience because everything really is about time and as cliche as that sound. And I state in the book that it may not be, it, it, your pitch could be great, right? So it might, it, it, it might not be the fact that your pitch isn't good or you don't know how to pitch, you don't know how to pitch too. You can have all that down pat. If the timing isn't right, if an organization doesn't have the budget, then they can't help you. 
if that job opportunity just isn't there or that a company had to downsize, then it's just not the time right now. You can get booked for a segment, but we have a, a tornado. The story is going to get bumped. Yep. So you have to be patient, but I also state, too, people always continue to look and watch. And how you deal with time and not aligning aligning itself to when you want things to happen is very crucial and important too and if you deliver the good pitch and it can't manifest at this moment people will still consider you in the future and I've seen it happen and it's true so you know all these lessons they piggyback off of each other once you learn who to pitch to then we talk about what kind of methods you need to use and you know I, I talk about in the etiquette section of think about um, creating a, a, a web and not a bridge because I look mm. at a bridge from a metaphor um, um, view is, you know, a bridge, you cross a bridge, you come back over. Um, it, it, it goes two ways. But a network, a web is, you know, you have points all over. You have different vehicles and channels and and folks to reach out to, and that's more of a community. And what you want to have is a uh, a community and network of support. Mm-hmm. I and love that. You know, life's a pitch. <laughs> that's that's excellent to see it. That's excellent. I'm over here taking notes. This is oh, like, this thank is good you. Stuff. No, you love. are amazing. Like seriously. <laughs> I love I love what you said about etiquette. I can't remember how many times I've told somebody that was like, you know, I want to get, you know, Alex Holly or Mike Jarrett. I was like, you you you're not gonna get on that way. Going to talent, you have to start going with the producer. Mm-hmm. You, you you have to start with you have to start, but people don't know, you know, and that's why we need you have to know a copy mm-hmm. of Life's the Pitch because people really don't know. And you in the letter. That was such a jewel that you dropped right there to just because I'm always talking about engagement. And that's a way, an excellent way, to just get somebody engaged and peaked in your story. And people will be honest, right? So, I mean, I can send send a press release out to a writer. I can send a letter out. And I can just ask for their honest opinion. I'm not, you know, really asking for an obligation. Like, hey, how do you feel about this? Are you open to it? And people will be honest with you. You'll be surprised. Uh-huh. We'll sit back and say, hey, well, you know, I think that's great, but not this time. Or I'm not the best person. I can refer you to someone else. That's engagement. That's better yes. than them seeing something they're not interested in and you're not getting a word back because they're not interested. But mm-hmm. so it's just, it's, you have to think about how do I follow up? And then when people are there for me, you know, am I – Am I am I saying thank you? And my handwritten notes never went out of style. You know, am I following back up? If I'm letting them know the event was a success. You know, we appreciate your su- support. Mm-hmm. And um, it is really really important to keep in mind that it's a two way it's it's a two way street. You know, and you had mentioned serving and giving, but I write in a book too. Don't be intimidated because we all have a job. So the folks you want to reach out to, the 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 editors, the producers, the stakeholders, the community leaders, your consumers, your customers, they want to spend. The writers need to write about people. You have to figure out 
the best method for you to tap into your desired market to get them to spend, to get that feature, to get the community engagement, to get the partnership. Everybody wants to do their job. So the opportunities are there, but it's it's really figuring out how do you maneuver in this world? How do you learn how to, to pitch your best self? How do you yeah. get to that point where you can connect with somebody and you guys are both meeting your needs? Don't pitch to somebody who don't come what you do you know you have to do the research you have to put the time into figuring out you know who are the decision makers and who are the appropriate people who I need to connect with and why would they want to connect with me and I just tell people to think about the why because we also live in a you know who cares age like mm-hmm. everybody is microwave results yep. and everybody's on the go and everybody's mm-hmm. moving you gotta have it now and then why is this important really matters and if you can't deliver why is this why whatever you're talking about whatever you represent who you are and what you do why that matters then you really have to sit down and really focus and figure that out because you have to have the why down packed before you even move forward so Athea listen I want to thank you so much for being on uh on Mind Your Business the podcast you have dropped some jewels I got a page full of notes and I hope that (sighs) when we play this that our our listeners will will do the same thing. This is some excellent stuff. But if you could share your contact information, how can we connect with you on social media? Um, the best way to connect with me on social media is, uh, well, I'm going to say the best. There's two ways because I'm on Facebook. <laughs> I listen, I, I know I need to be on everything, but I, I'm telling you, I'm more active on my Facebook account, and I'm also on Instagram. Facebook is Afia Tucker, A-F-E-A. Tucker, that's my name, and uh, it's it's I feel on Instagram, but uh, you could connect me either one. I respond to 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 both methods, but um, Facebook is really good. I think it's um, great for engagement, especially when it comes to the projects, anything that I have going on. But you can get a copy of the book on Amazon. The book is available on Amazon and Kindle. And also, yes. if you click the link on through my social media, it's Athea, which is I-T-S underscore A-H underscore F-E-A-H. I know that was fast, but it's, it's, it's so how it sounds. There's a link there, too, and you can click, and you can also get a copy of the book. And whenever I'm out doing some engagements, I bring them with me. I appreciate you, too, Tanya. I really, really do. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thanks. Once again, I'd like to thank Afia Tucker for coming on Mom Your Business, the podcast, in business, how many times have we heard the term elevator pitch? And we've heard people tell us how important it is to have a great elevator pitch. Well, Afia has put all of those principles into a great book, put a bow on it. And I want to encourage you to go over to Amazon.com, pick up her book, Life's a Pitch. You're not just pitching in business, but you have to be able to pitch yourself right? To sell yourself. And so head over to amazon.com, grab a copy of her book, Life's a Pitch. Thank you again for listening to Mom Your Business, the podcast. I am your host, Tanya T. Morris, challenging you to always and forever remember now is the day. So enjoy it. Yesterday is over. So learn from it. And tomorrow is not promised. So pray about it. Yes, I'll be whenever.